Welcome back. We are live. We are in Marshfield. Tonight, 6 to 8, the huddle. And we're going to be up here in Nuts Deep 2, right uh, right in the heart of downtown Marshfield. So come on by if you're in the area tonight, whether you're in Marshfield or all the way over in Rapids, if you're, you know, Stevens Point, Wausau, whatever. Uh, come on by and say hi tonight. And tonight should be a good one. Tonight should be a good one. It is. Uh, there's a lot to unpack tonight. Mike Clemens is going to come out of the locker room, and he's over at practice right now. We'll talk with him. Rasul Douglas being traded. You just heard the last half hour of Brian Gutekunst uh, and kind of doing a lot of tap dancing. I mean, a lot. Fred Astaire didn't do that much. Damn, damn. Um, there, there's some things that I want to address that we just heard. Okay, and I'm going to go through this in a second, but I want to go to the comments over on um, the live stream because as things go on, people people talk and, and they get into this. And look, I, I, I completely get where a lot of people are coming from. Um, you know, Jeff says they're going to evaluate the situation at the end of the year. I wouldn't answer the question either. He knows it's bad and he's going to make a decision. I'm not saying I needed to know exactly what he was going to do. But when you refuse to talk about it, you know, the cliche answer is, well, we evaluate everything at the end of the year and throughout the process of the season, and, you know, we're always going to look to upgrade our team no matter where that is. You know, I mean, that's basically saying something without saying something, right? I know he doesn't want to open the door about the quarterback. It's only been seven games, and I I, I read all these days. By the way, speaking of the quarterback, I was over on uh, Facebook and over on um, on Instagram. And, look, I, I, I the diehard Packer fan group I love because I love reading and, and looking all the pictures and reading everybody's stuff. But they put out a post that said 78%. I don't know where this poll was taken. 78% of fans believe in Jordan Love as the quarterback of the future of this team. Who in the hell is in the 78%? Nobody I know. 78% is the number they got. I would love to know that poll, where that came from. Somebody's fudging some numbers or blowing blowing smoke right up us. You know what I mean? Uh, that, no. And I I don't usually jump in on stuff like that because – you know, it's fun. Fans get into all that kind of stuff. But when you see something like that, that's 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 craptastic propaganda. Nobody I know. And it's funny because everybody that responded to it said, put me in the 22%. I'm not there. So more than 78% of the people said, no, I'm not in the 78. I'm in the 28%. So I don't know where you're getting this from. So I go over to the, the live stream. And there were people over there saying, well, what's Goody going to say? And I know Pac fans said, what did you expect him to say? That if the struggles continue, they're going to draft a quarterback with the first pick next year? Um, no, but I expected him to say we're going to evaluate everything. It's a process. We're going to evaluate every position. Don't make it sound like you're shutting the door like Jordan loves the answer. And that it, it, it there was enough tap dancing going on there and not answering of the question. And I know people want to blame the Green Bay media, and that's – you're not going to get the answer. You know, you can keep pounding it, but when he said, and I'm going to go back to a lot of this, when he talked about, you know, Jordan Love and the inaccuracy, 
he immediately said, well, the pass catching. Uh, you know, they got, they've had better second halves of games. I believe in the coaching and stay grounded to the process. But didn't address the quarterback. And then when asked about the quarterback and accuracy and such and, you know, and, and re- really, you know, kind of not being able to score in the first half and so many penalties, he said, well, the situation's hard to evalu- evaluate anything. And then when asked, well, you know, there were certain things you wanted to look at and you wanted to see, and as the evaluation process goes on, I know it's not about wins and losses, but, and then he says, I try not to put too many expectations on anything. I just want him to play fast and free. Everybody's frustrated. This is what I'm saying. So if you didn't really, if you kind of got lost in the, the white noise that became, this is what I'm saying. These are things you need to kind of hang on to. Not going to talk about the quarterback. Just not going to do it. Um, and then when he talked about the leadership and the lack of leadership, he said, oh, it was such a, such a difficult decision. This is the reason I didn't want to give Rasul up. And then he says, we're going to rely on the leadership of the young guys. Like, guys that have never played? What? Expect the guys in the secondary to fill the gaps, and we're, we're going to work on their leadership. And then when asked about the trade of Rasul, he was talking about, well, the future and, you know, salary cap ramifications and got into the details of that, but then turned around and said, we're worried about beating the Rams uh, and we got to be worried about the future later, but then finished the sentence by saying, I always have to have my eye on the future. And then said, well, things are going to get better. How? How are they going to get better? And I thought it was a legitimate question to say, how, how are you expecting to beat the Rams? Your offense can't get out of its own way. The penalties, the, inter- or the, uh, the drops, and the inaccuracy in passing, and now one of your better defenders you just got rid of. It, it, it's, it's all contradictory. And then they, the question was, what's the message to your locker room? Well, we have to consider all those things. Now there's opportunities for the young guys to step into those leadership roles. Okay. Okay. Uh, and, and Mike Clemens was 100% dead on. He said, well, we weren't really looking to move anybody, but at the end of the day, it was too good of a deal to pass up. And then when asked about Rasul being outspoken, he said, no, no, he's been a good leader. I, there was just a lot there that just seemed to be completely contradictory. Um, when you talk about winning and being competitive and trying to beat the Rams, but you trade away a good player and leadership, but you're going to rely on the young guys and see how they can do, but it's not about wins and losses. What, what's the message? What is the goal then? What's the goal? If it's not about beating the Rams, but it's about beating the Rams, and it's about the future, but it's about losing leadership, and you didn't want to do that, and young guys you can evaluate, but you can't evaluate uh, the the quarterback because the young guys are dropping balls, and the penalties, and so. What, it, man. Merlin says Goody was taught if you can't say anything about anything nice about anyone, then you don't say anything at all. Meaning Jordan Love. Look, I think you and I could sit down right now. 
we could put a yellow pad, legal pad of paper in front of us. And we could say, okay, let's take a look at this. You and I can look at it and say the offensive line has been okay, but not great. They've had missteps. But still, you can't deny that, you know, Jordan Love is thrown out of one of the cleanest pockets in the National Football League. Okay, he Goody even admitted that. No, it's it's been really good pass blocking. Okay. So for those that say, well, the offensive line's been terrible, Jordan Love hasn't had time to throw. No, that's actually the opposite. He has had time to throw. He's been one of the he's been one of the cleanest. Co- we had a great breakdown the other day from uh, from our guys from Pro Football Focus. It said, no, he's out. He's in one of the cleanest pockets there is. They're very good at pass blocking. The run blocking hasn't been so good, and the pre-snap penalties have been bad, but they've been really good at, at, at pass blocking. Okay, so you take the clean pocket out of this. So now you talk about the route running and the young guys. Well, youth isn't an excuse after seven games, and technically it shouldn't be. But if you and I sat down with a legal pad of paper, we would say, okay, what are the positives and negatives? The positives are uh, when teams' defenses go vanilla during hurry-up that they can actually execute. But when it's press man up at the line of scrimmage and they're going to dare you to throw over the top, they can't execute. When they come with a blitz, the defense or the offensive line's not bad. Chip blocking's been pretty good. Uh, the running backs have been decent at picking up the blitz. It hasn't been a travesty. Okay. The wide receivers have not necessarily run clean routes. They're still learning. They're seeing different things, and I think right now it's 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 paralyzation through analyzation. Okay, I can understand that. I'll give you I'll give you that. But it can't all be because the receivers are young. You know? And then, well, you know, um they they talk he talks about the youth and the youth and the youth, but yet he doesn't want to use use youth as an excuse. But the bottom line is, and I've said this to people all along, people act like everybody's a rookie, and they're not. You have rookies at your skill position. Jaden Reed is a rookie, Tucker Craft, and Luke Musgrave. That's it. Do you not realize that? That is it. Three guys. Christian Watson is a second-year player. Romeo Dobbs is a second-year player. Samari Torres is a second-year player. Your running backs are veterans. Your offensive line, for the most part, is veterans. Your defensive front has been veteran or second-year players. The whole thing about this rookie stuff, no. The only time you use rookies is if you had an injury. So they got younger, yes, but stop making it sound like they picked up 25 rookies and they're all starters. All they did was get rid of old dudes. Mercedes Lewis, Randall Cobb, Aaron Rodgers, Mason Crosby, they brought the the curve down is what they did. That's it. So, I. They they lost Aaron Rodgers, and they lost David Bakhtiari. That's it. So and and he doesn't want to talk about that. I just I just. 
this whole excuse of, of, of this big ball rolling downhill of, well, they're so young. Yeah, they're young because they got rid of old guys. They didn't go to all rookies. That's it. And he, he does not want to – he firmly lays it on the coaching staff. They're all working hard. It's part of the process and this and that, and it'll get better, and it'll get better, and it'll get better. And, you know, and then he was even asked, hey, you talked about the talent on this defensive side. Bill Huber asked a great question. Talk about the talent on the defensive side of the football. Well, they've been put in a bad position. You know, the offense hasn't been able to really sustain drives, and that's true. You know, and he said, well, you know, uh, it hasn't play- they haven't played complimentary football. Again, ignore this, the shiny object over here that's your quarterback and the offense and your head coach and the play caller. Ignore that. Don't don't look at that. Uh, the defense hasn't played complimentary football. God, just just once, I'd like to have somebody come to the podium and go, um, the defense has played okay. I haven't necessarily been happy with at times certain uh, the ability to put a pass rush on, and the guys on our defense can't catch when the ball's put right in their breadbasket. I haven't seen as much growth out of the second-year guys as I thought I would. Uh, it's been underwhelming as far as the draft classes that I brought in. The talent on this team may turn out to be nothing more than mediocre, which would put my job in jeopardy. The coaching staff has not been able to correct the problems that we've seen now for seven straight games over and over and over and over and over. And the quarterback that started all of this that I put kind of hung my hat on can't throw deep. Next question. 877-867-1670, I mean, that would be an honest presser, at least as we look at it today, right? Right, Pac fan? It's a fantasy, right? It, it's a, it, that's, you're exactly right. It's a fantasy to expect the truth. It really is. It really is. Uh, if you want to chime in, please feel free to go ahead and do so. If you did not hear Mike Clemens give us a call earlier today on the Rasul Douglas trade, I want you to take a listen to it. We're going to have that when we come back. Our buddy Dwayne at Dwayne's, D-U-A-N-E-S, DwayneScoverItAll.com. That's DwayneScoverItAll.com, right in the Wausau area. We're up near here, as a matter of fact. Call him, 715-870-2119. And if you are, are going to, you know, gussy up your uh, your boat, maybe, uh, maybe your RV, if you've got some leather work that needs to be done, a new awning that needs to be made for your deck or something to that effect, if you've got an awning for your business or some indoor stuff, office furniture, chairs and such that need to be refurbished or even some outside patio cushions and such that need to be remade, he can do it all. Don't let your mind limit you as to what he can do. Uh, call him 715-870-2119, 715-870-2119. Going to hear that phone call as Mike was driving up to Lambeau Field a little bit earlier today. That's next to the Bill Michaels. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michaels Show. On the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Everywhere you look, from groceries to utilities to gas, prices keep going up. Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin can dramatically help lower your energy costs year-round by replacing drafty windows and doors in as little as six weeks. And now you can save even more by taking advantage of no interest and no down payment for up to 36 months when you order by November 30th. 
Bring the love of Wisconsin's outdoors in through the beauty and quality craftsmanship of Pella Windows and Doors. Whether you're updating or upgrading the look and comfort of your home, Pella has extensive lines of customizable options to meet your needs and your budget. Replacing drafty windows and doors can dramatically lower your energy costs. Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin offers some of the most energy efficient windows in the industry. 0% interest and no down payment for up to 36 months when you order by November 30th. Set your free in-home consultation today at PellaWI.com. Certain restrictions apply. See showroom for details. Offer ends 11 Yeah, boy, we are here tonight. We are in Marshfield, and we are looking forward to it. Nuts D2, 6 to 8 tonight. To Bill Michael, Shano, it should be fire! Looking forward to it. If you're in the Marshfield area, uh, Wisconsin Rapids, Stevens Point, Wausau, anywhere in that area, come on down, and we're going to have a good time. Nuts Deep 2 tonight starting at 6 o'clock. The Bill Michaels huddle gets underway, and uh, really, really, really looking forward to it. Earlier today, our guy Mike Clemens, word breaks yesterday after we get off the air, Russell Douglas has been traded. Now, you just heard Brian Gutekind, so there's going to be a reference in this conversation to Goody getting ready to speak. But he has already spoken. So this was earlier today when Mike was driving to Lambeau Field as uh, as our guy to be a part of this. And uh, we had our discussion when it came to the reasons why Rasul Douglas is no longer a Green Bay Packer. We started out by talking to Mike and saying, how you looking? Good, Bill. You know, I was just talking to a fellow, fellow reporter that covers the team about this. Uh, and I said, well, that's the way the Packers are probably going to spin it today. But, no, my first reaction when that thing breaks at about 3 o'clock yesterday afternoon, it's like, oh, my God, they actually did it. Oh, my God, it's worse than I thought. Because, you know, let's talk about Rasul Douglas. He gets He's on three or four teams, and they pick him off the practice squad, and they end up putting him on the field because they've got injuries. And the dude, you know, he, he makes a tremendous catch that's a game saver against the Arizona Cardinals. And then over the next two years, he leads the team in interceptions. Hasn't had one yet this year, but leads the team in interceptions and gets paid, gets a nice contract. When Rasul first came to Green Bay, it was one and two word answers. You know, he was keeping his head down. He was just trying to, you know, stay on this roster and stay on the field. And then he got he got the deal. And what he's been telling me and what he's been telling some of the other reporters, he's, he's just showing that he cares. This is not... This has not been other players that I could name that, you know, literally at one point they've become a cancer. It's just like, dude, shut up. (laughs) I thought his heart was in the right place. And so I have played you some of these comments that he's given to two or three of us that wait until the very end until they absolutely kick us out of the visitor's locker room at the stadiums and they're waiting for this guy to get on the damn bus. Um, I've played you some of those things, and sometimes you have to bleep it up. But it's a guy who's like, you know, he's trying to be vocally keeping the team accountable as a vocal leader. And no one else seems to be talking like this on that defense. And so I think he felt he needed to step up. And so you know some of those clips that we played, and you've heard some of the times where I had to bleep out some of the words that he said. But his position was, you know, we need to up our standards, and we're not meeting our standards. But and and sure, yeah, we're the defense, and we're keeping guys at 17 points. And he's as as recent as a week ago, he's even got Matt Lafleur saying, "Hey, 
our defense is doing fine. If they keep got teams to 20 points or less, we should be winning ball games, and, and we're not. So that's that's been his message. But then I can tell you other things that he got into where he may have gone into deep water he shouldn't have. So, Mike, um, I, I I said at the beginning of the show, this is shooting the messenger rather than listening to the message. And, and this is what bothers me, and I think this is what bothers a lot of Packers fans, is you can see a lot of the problems. We've talked about it. We've discussed whether or not coaches are coaching up to their capabilities or up to the players' capabilities and, you know, certain decisions that have been made. But it seems to me they got rid of the messenger rather than listening to the message. I heard that on your Green Bay station here as I'm driving up to Green Bay and Lambeau, and I think you're 100% on. Uh, absolutely. I, I, you, you ask for accountability. But I will tell you this. You remember I told you a story where I had a, a player that said, you know, this was after the Raiders game, the Monday night football game. Right. By the way, how about Josh McDaniels <laughs> fired? What's going on there, man? Right. The Raiders, right. This three and five. They're not even a year, two years into their program. Oh, that's that Davis family. They're they're kooky. Anyway, um, we we did the interview. It was on the record. We played those quotes, and there's just two or three of us left for the media and a pretty much empty locker room. And then, as we're walking away, I I think I said, "What was halftime?" And he goes. Man, you know, he comes down. We, we, we've spent all week on plan A. And then he comes down, and he says, okay, we're changing the plan B. Like, what? And, he, and there's, like, no emotion. He's just like, we're changing. There's no why. And, the, and then he goes, and now one person that was in that group said, I thought he was talking about LaFleur. I said, no. He said he came down. I think he's talking about Joe Barry. He's been upstairs since the Cincinnati game that we covered in in the preseason he's been up at the box we mm-hmm. get a better view so but you know there's also there's little, there's little spies there they've got staffs that are hanging around pr staff and whatnot they hear those comments that gets reported here's the other thing as as this story has snowballed and now you start to see you know if rasul douglas is out there at his locker and he's talking to the other guys and it's just not all just sermons about the play that's just guys and teasing and trying to keep morale up frankly is from what i could tell just hanging around the guys four or five players hanging in his locker room he's a popular guy um that so was like we're still like hey we're still can you talk to us okay fine and also like there's like 30 media people around right and including um the folks that, that cover the news for the for the website for packers.com and then you know i'm sure fans have gone to the team website they can see they can hear our interviews at, at length and videos from talking to players. So, you know, you look over and you see who's, who's all getting this along with you, the TV stations, writers, et cetera. And then there's the team video crew. And I mentioned to someone the other day, I said, if you notice that the team video crew is there for Rasul every day and they haven't posted any of his stuff the last three weeks. So, right. you know, it's like they're not there for their website. I think they're spies. I mean, you know, they've got a documentation of what he's telling everybody, right? Right. That which, when you're God, if you're a player in that locker room, you got to be pissed. You know, if you like, you said if they're if they're over there interviewing him, 
but they're not posting any of it, what are they doing with the video? When your own, this is why I say, this is why I call the Packers Red China because they, they, it, it's like having a dictatorship, and they're going to do it this particular way, and then they're going to put spies in a locker room. I, I mean, if I'm a player, why do I want to talk if they're going to be around? Do you, you remember I mean? that clip? I, yeah. Do you remember that clip I played at the end of our break, uh, our recap of Sunday's loss to Vikings? I think it's the last one that we played on Monday's show during the one o'clock hour. What was the last thing I played? Yeah. It was Jair Alexander coming out. At the very end of the locker room. I mean, we stay in there until they kick us out. And then I race upstairs to try to get on the postgame show. Jair comes out and says, okay, yeah, let's go. go ahead. What do you guys got to say? And it's like, well, you know, what do you think about this loss? I don't know. That's tough. Yeah, all these one-word answers, right? Two, two or three-word answers. And just kind of smiling. I asked him, how are you feeling? Good. I'm feeling good. And I know he's got this back injury that's been bothering him for four weeks now. So we tried to ask him about various questions, and he's saying, you know, where do you go from here? You're frustrated, but, you know, what needs to be done? That kind of thing. And he's like, I don't know. I got to look at the film. And then finally, he just said at the end of it, Barry said, look, I don't want to get in trouble. <laughs> right? Right. You know, yep. and he laughed. 100%. Like, yeah. like, dude, this is too sensitive. I'm not going to steer that up for me. So, you know, you just talk to Rasul over there. This is what I have to offer pretty much at this point. I'll talk about my game. Uh, I'll talk about one or two plays. But don't ask me for the big picture after a four-game losing streak. Right. That's, you know, and and that's a sign of a team. First of all, you're going to lose a locker room that way. You'll lose them in a heartbeat. Because if you're worried more about what they're going to say rather than the actual fixing of the problems and the play on the field – you got serious, serious issues. And when you're trying to control the spin coming out of the locker room versus trying to win on the field and doing all the right things to put guys in the right place and listen to the players, wow. that's uh, That says a lot about uh, sometimes inside the character of your own team. But here's the other. So I'm just telling you, and I, I'm not alone. The people that know these players, we cover them every day. Um, our initial reaction was it's been the way he's carried himself post-game. And it's not that he's – I think he's been wrong. I just think he's been straight straightforward with us. But yeah. here's another thing. I noticed this uh, – we had to wait a long time to get into the Broncos. I told you that in the postgame. Also with the Raiders right. in, in Vegas. You know what? An interesting combination of, of conversations is Jordan Love talking to Rasul Douglas. I think it was Jordan seeking – Rasul's opinion or something or asking a question or whatever. Uh, it seemed to be a, a healthy relationship. I was wondering if there were signs of, oh, God, you know, if the veteran corner is telling the quarterback you sucked again today, you know, we got problems here. I don't think it was that at all. It looked like Jordan was, we'll talk to Jordan today. We'll ask him about it, see if he says anything. But then it happened again, too, after the Raiders game, and you know, I told you, that, or after the Broncos game, I'm sorry, after Broncos, usually they let us in about 10, 15 minutes after a game. They call it a cooling-off period. You guys can get ready to go on TV, that kind of thing. It's like 25 minutes. Like, something's going on in there. What's going on? And when you want in, you walk in, it's like, yeah, I think we just missed a bomb that went off or something. But there's, right. there's Rasul, who, you know, I don't think these guys ever named captain this year, right? 
So this is like your vocal leader of the defense standing in the middle of the locker room floor talking to Jordan Love. And I, you know, I, I, it just, I hadn't seen that before. It just it, it felt a little funny. And so we don't know what's going on in the meeting rooms. And we don't know what's going in the locker room when we're kicked out of there and closed. Uh, those kinds of things. We don't know about missed assignments. Like, uh, was it uh, Cortland Sutton? Watt was wide open on a play. And Rasul said, yeah, 82, the tight end, you know, picked me. And so that's why I had no chance of, of getting to him. So I have one other Rasul Douglas story which I don't want to forget about. Yeah, go ahead. One night, one night uh, it's during training camp this past summer, I think a Friday night, and I had to get out and, you know, get some stuff for the next day, like some water and some Gatorade and things like that. So I go to this uh, Walgreens. It's just down the street there, and I walk inside. Now, as I'm, as I'm, before I get inside, though, I'm in my car and parked. The parking lot is empty. It's like 11, 11.30 night. And in comes in this very slick-looking, like, SUV with totally tinted windows, black windows, big black tires. And this thing comes screaming into the parking lot and, and does, like, donuts. Not Listen, I'm not a prude. I think it's kind of fun. You know, something went off like, whoa, whoa, wait, what, what is this? What is going on here? In the parking lot of Walgreens, because then there was an erratic turn made, then a backup, precision, but the thing was backing up to the front door, and I thought, is this thing going to crash through the door and rob the store? That doesn't make sense, so it's a nice car. So he pulls up to the back end of, of the SUV to the front door of the place, and out pounced from the passenger side, not a dude, not a thug, but a beautiful woman who looked like she had a little luggage bag, like maybe she just got off a plane or something. And then some other big, muscular dude gets out on the other side. They go walking in the store. So I settled for a second. I said, okay, I think it's okay to go in. So I go into the store, and I turn around, and it's Rasul. <laughs> I mean, you know, like, and he looks, he, he goes, Oh, hi. I go, hey, how you doing? You know, I'm like, okay, yeah, sure, I saw that. All right, no, no problem. We're good. When I got my stuff, and she had like a bunch of makeup and other things she was buying, like toiletries, like she was flying in to see him. I'm, that's just a guess, just just a high guess. Yeah. But they're there at that store after this erratic display. He was a hell of a driver. I mean, bet on, bet on that guy if he ever gets into a, a stock car race. But then he goes, oh, here, after you. He lets me check out first, <laughs> you know, because it's like, dude, and I I don't know if I told you this story off the air or not, but I just thought, hey, if he ever gets pulled over going 110, uh, uh, then I've got stories for you. So whatever. Right. You know, uh, Brian Gutekind is going to talk to us now. He's going to hold a press conference at about 1130. And you know what he's going to say? Hey, you know, the, you know the, the Bills had a need, and we went back and forth. We weren't sure about it. They're not going to say, yeah, this guy's become a nut and we've just dropped off our bag of garbage in Orchard Park. You know, they're not going to do that. Right. They're not. They're going, to, they're, they're going to make it sound like it's a great deal for the Packers and they're stockpiling the draft picks, whether they actually use them for picks or they use them, you know, as chips to trade up and get other players, you know, blah, blah, blah. It, it, it's a transaction. We're trying to make this team better moving forward for the future and all that. So, will it? It'll, it's going to be another interesting day, Bill, at 12.55. I, I cannot wait to talk to you tonight in the huddle and kind of 
debrief and 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 because I got more questions and I know we're late, but I, I just to debrief and go through all of this coming up tonight. I'm looking forward to it, man. Yeah, well, I'm just hoping the locker room today doesn't look like you know Death Valley or something. It'll just yeah. <laughs> a lady with a vacuum cleaner, and that's it. <laughs> we'll see. All right, buddy. Be safe, and we'll talk to you tonight. Thank you, Bill. There you go. That is the great Mike Clemens uh, from a little bit earlier today. And tonight you're going to hear the complete debrief uh, on the program. Uh, six to eight tonight, we got the Bill Michaels Huddle. We're live. We are here in Marshfield, Wisconsin. And we're going to be here this evening for the huddle as well. So hopefully you're uh, you're with us and you're facing the crowd and you can get a chance to come out and take a listen to the program. And we'll go through our picks tonight and uh, talk about the rest of the NFL. There's a lot of turmoil going on. Can you believe that the Raiders – Think about this for a minute. You, you, we know we got things kind of rough right now. And outside of the walls of 1265, we really don't give a damn. But think about it. Mark Davis, out of his pocket, the owner of the Raiders, has to pay John Gruden and Josh McDaniels over the next few years $80 million not to coach his team. Think about that. Man, that's a, that's a chunk of change. I guess uh, we can at least say, well, we're not the Raiders. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. Uh, this portion brought to you by our friends at the Water Doctors, the best Connecticut water softening system that uh, money can buy. It's just awesome. It's the best there is. I have it in my home, and I can't swear by it enough. Plus, uh, the Water Doctors, they give back to the community and take care of our veterans as well at Fisher House, Wisconsin. Kudos to the Water Doctors. Go to H2, the letter O, doctors.com. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Good to have you back, the Bill Michael Show. We are live. We are in Marshfield, Wisconsin. It has been. Uh, well, it's been a hell of a Wednesday, to say the very least. To say the very least. Uh, I talked about it earlier that there was a poll question over on the Die Hard Packers fans group that said 78% of Packers fans believe that Jordan Love is the quarterback of the future. And I mentioned that, and I got uh, a couple of just mad emails and a couple of people on Facebook that actually responded and saying that I was making light of it. I am making light of it. I'm not backing down off of that. I don't care. You want to kick me out of the group? Kick me out of the group. I don't know where that came from. And if that's what you believe, uh, that has to be a poll taken within the Gutekunst family. You know, I, 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 I don't – look, I'm not saying he's not the answer. I don't think he's the answer. I never thought he was the answer. But I'm not – I'm not eliminating everything right now. I think there were parts to what Brian Gutekunst had to say, and we're going to talk more about it coming up tonight, that are true. This team has to come together. This team has to play better. This team has to quit committing stupid penalties, actually run around the way they're supposed to, catch the damn ball when it's in your face. They have to make plays. And collectively, they're not. Now, I know when I said before I was, I was living in a fantasy world, hopefully, you know, that – Instead, Gudikins would just come out and be honest and say, this is what it is, and you can't. But the bottom line is, okay, after all the deciphering and all of the speculation and conjecture and the finger-pointing, 
all of it. It, it, At this point, I mean, if you want to, you know, fire Matt LaFleur, fire Stenovich, fire Joe Barry, whatever, the bottom line is the collective talent on the field is not getting the job done. And that collective talent was gathered by Brian Gutekinds. Right? So now, here today, moving forward, it has to get better. Because if it doesn't, and, and, uh, and, and Mark asked me during the break, um, and it's a great question. He said, Bill, let's be honest. What did you really expect? As if to say that this is what we should have expected. I expected a team that would struggle because they just simply didn't have the same amount of talent. That, that's all. But what I don't expect is a Matt LaFleur coach team to look this bad. To where, I mean, when you guys can't run routes anymore and you can't catch the ball, that's coaching. Either the talent wasn't there or it's coaching, okay? And if you believe the talent's there and these guys have all the qualities to be contributing NFL players, that means they're not being coached properly. Something inside 1265 is wrong. When you've got guys that are both running the same route at the same time, somebody hasn't coached them properly. Now, it's one thing. I'm not saying it's some kind of a Mensa meeting that once you walk in and all these guys get it because everybody's looked at it on their surface pros and they all go, oh, I see now. Okay. No. If you got guys doing the same mistake over and over again, you're you're not you're not coaching them up properly. Off and, and the whole thing, and I said it before. I'll say it again. And, and Marty just said, "Well, don't forget, this is a young group." No. This whole rookie thing has to end. It's true. I agree with you. It is a younger group, but it, it got younger by getting rid of old people, not bringing in twenty-five rookies. You have some second-year guys. They're still learning. I understand that. Um, but. Stop with the whole, oh, they're all young and inexperienced. Inexperienced might be a better term, uh, but coaching does not get you to stop holding on the offensive line. You know, the line for the most part has been good. It's been the penalties that have killed them, stupid penalties. But guys just haven't made plays. And I agree with Gutekinst on that, and I agree with Matt LaFleur on that. You know, you can only coach them up so much to where they have to go out and execute. And if you're Quay Walker and an interception hits you right in the hands, not once but twice so far this season, and you, had, you can't handle either one, that just means you got bad hands. And that's the reason you're not a wide receiver. You know? But you've got plenty of young teams in the National Football League that infuse youth, and that youth becomes successful. And why is that? Why is it the Packers can rely on, the fans can rely on, well, this is a young team. But somebody else can come into a situation and excel right away. One of two reasons. One, either you pick the right guy for the system at the right time at the right place, and that guy is a football player, or you got coaches that don't know what they're doing. You've had a lot of quarterbacks come into this league and be successful, and a lot of quarterbacks that have come into this league as high draft picks that are a box of rocks and can't do much. They're not accurate. Big arm, big arm. Can throw the ball through a brick wall. Big arm. I don't care. A howitzer is a big, big cannon. Who cares? But are they accurate? Howitzer is made to blow through a wall. Is it supposed to be accurate to kind of, you know, 
snip the beanbag off of a fly at 100 yards? I don't think so. It's made to blow up the entire 100 yards. So all I'm saying is when people start writing and, and talking about whether or not, you know, this is bad or that's bad and the coaching's getting off, no Goody's getting off, no Mark's getting off, it all trickles downhill. And at the very end of the season, all you and I have to look at each other and go, is it the talent or is it the coaching? Because if you believe it's both, then you got a clean house. If you believe it's the talent, then the general manager has to kind of own up and say, I didn't get the job done. And if you believe it's the coaching, and the worst thing in the world to do at the end of the season is to go, I don't know, I couldn't really tell. We can't evaluate because the offense has been so inept and been playing behind on third down and 16. And this, Well, then you have uh, a real, real dilemma on your hands because you have got to make decisions. 877-867-1670. If you want to join us, feel free. i got one segment left to go. We're also going to find out what do we miss. That's coming up next on the Bill Michael Show. Stay right where you're at. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Everywhere you look, from groceries to utilities to gas, prices keep going up. Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin can dramatically help lower your energy costs year-round by replacing drafty windows and doors in as little as six weeks. And now you can save even more by taking advantage of no interest and no down payment for up to 36 months when you order by November 30th. Bring the love of Wisconsin's outdoors in through the beauty and quality craftsmanship of Pella Windows and Doors. Whether you're updating or upgrading the look and comfort of your home, Pella has extensive lines of customizable options to meet your needs and your budget. Replacing drafty windows and doors can dramatically lower your energy costs. Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin offers some of the most energy efficient windows in the industry. 0% interest and no down payment for up to 36 months when you order by November 30th. Set your free in-home consultation today at PellaWI.com. Certain restrictions apply. See showroom for details. Offer ends 11 2023. You got to hit it, make it, rock it, put it in the pocket. Hit it, make it, rock it, put it in the pocket. Said, it, it, Welcome back. Good to have you. I, uh... <laughs> Before we get to what it mean we miss, uh, I had a buddy of mine uh, listening to me out in Los Angeles. He, he texted me. He said, hey, uh, you're all fired up today. Are you going to use any of that energy? And he he knows how it memes drive me nuts of certain stuff, of sayings and postings and stuff. And he said, uh, I heard it's a long story. But uh, tonight, I think uh, on uh, Facebook Live, you, <laughs> I might do something on the way home because he got me. He got me all all fired up, so I might do something on the way home late tonight. Driving back, I gotta entertain myself, so I might put the uh, I might put the dash cam on tonight and uh, and talk to you a little bit. So maybe look forward to that. Uh, in the meantime, with a couple of minutes to go in the program, what do we miss? Well, the one Wisconsin story we didn't hit today, the Brewers, uh, Andy Martino of SNY reporting four hours ago, Craig Council does not currently have an interview scheduled with the Astros, who were apparently interested in meeting with him. Mm-hmm. And as of yesterday, he had not yet had his formal interview with the Mets either, just Cleveland. So he's interviewed with the Guardians, but the Mets obviously remain interested. I think that interview will happen. The Astros are interested. I don't have a lean or I haven't read anything on whether that will happen. I just saw that they're interested. So that's where we stand with Craig. I. I 
I start to wonder with all these different interviews that could possibly be out there, I wonder if they haven't reached a contract because Craig's trying to figure out what his value is. And I wonder if he's going to say, hey, the uh, the Guardians are going to say this, the Mets are going to say this, the Astros could say this. And then somewhere in the middle, Mark Antanasio is going to have to up the ante. I wonder if that might be the end, end run in all of this before it's all said and done. Uh, unless he just finds a terrific situation to go into. Huh? Well, I, the Astros are a pretty great. <laughs> the Astros are a pretty great situation. I mean, they've made what yeah. seven straight. How many straight ALCSs did it make this I think it's year? Seven. Seven. Jeez. Yeah, seven. And the Mets, Steve Cohen, a lot of money, big payroll. David Stearns, who he's familiar with. I'm, I'm to the right. point now where I'm believing that he could actually go manage somewhere else. Hundred percent. I, uh, I, I, I believe that. I just didn't see that. Um, that, and that, you know, like I said, that when he leaves and I say when, because I got a feeling that he's going to, I hope he doesn't, but, uh, when he leaves, that's going to be disappointing and it's going to throw a lot of, of shadow in the direction of the Brewers as to why he's leaving that situation. I will say this, uh, and I got to find Matt Arnold's, uh, postseason presser and my buddy Ernie and Barocca brought it up and he said something about where Matt Arnold had said something about him and Craig Council seeing the world in a different way. And I did not, I got to admit, I, I, I caught it, but I didn't. And I haven't thought about that statement since. So maybe that's something we talk a little bit about tomorrow. On what the does program that mean, as well. seeing the world in a different way? I don't way. know. I, I don't know. I, I have to go back and listen to it. But I, it, it, I, don't, I don't know. I got to listen to the full context. But it was something that was in my head. And Ernie brought it up, and we started talking about it, and it's made me think ever since. I love stuff that makes me think, but I haven't really followed up on it because we've been dealing with all the Packers stuff. But I, we'll have to check into that maybe a little bit tomorrow. We'll have to look up Matt Arnold's post, uh, postseason presser and go from there and see if, what, if, if there's more to this than that. So see if we can't decipher something. Tonight, we are at Nuts D2. We are in Marshfield, Wisconsin. And if you're in the area, come on by. We have the huddle coming up tonight, and it should be a good one. Six to eight on many of these same stations. Cannot wait. Had a fiery one today, didn't we there, Grant? Good show. Pete, Mike, Mark, everyone yeah. was great. Yeah, everybody was great today. Good, good stuff. You were great too, of course. All right, that'll do it. Well, you know, I'm just here kind of directing traffic is what I'm doing. Uh, let's do this. So we're going to get out of here, and then we're going to be back in a few hours. So until we talk again, 6 o'clock tonight, live here in Marshall.